1: You can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The feed hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com.
0: Welcome to the Michigan Wild Podcast.
1: We're just
0: here walking around. We're gonna go set a tree stand. Don't worry, my dad's weird. He never shot a huge buck before. I just shot a freaking <sighs> big buck. Get that one. Oh, you hit him. Go get that one, Henry. Right here. look at the size of that deer welcome to michigan wild another episode we are one week out from opening day of bow season October 1st is knocking on the door Hopefully everyone's had a good week so far I uh, i am jacked for the next few weeks A, because it was like in the low 80s for a couple days this week And I was just sick of it I do not like the heat I am a ginger, so doing construction you think I'd get used to it But no, I got sunburned this week And uh, I thought that crap was over But surprise, Michigan We were low 80s, sunny and hot but it looks like we are cooling down a little bit this week, and yeah, we're a week out. And I'm pumped for that. Uh, this episode I ended up doing, you know, definitely got me a little fired up too because uh, I did it with Brandon Travis, uh, and he's with Vital Shot Productions. He is a guy that my wife was an EMT 11 years ago when we first got married, and Brandon uh, was worked with, along with Ashley and helped kind of train her on some of those things, and she was like... I work with this guy Brandon. You guys would be friends. He loves to bow hunt, so you know, became Facebook friends. We never really talked much, you know, other than just liking each other's posts occasionally and stuff like that. But um, always followed him from a distance and liked some of the things that Vital Shot does, you know, throughout the years. You know, watching some of their videos and you know, kind of following along. But so when I started this podcast thing, uh, he was one of the guys I was on, you know, on the radar that I had to reach out to and you know, talk because he's been. He's been bow hunting Michigan for a long, long time. I mean, he's got private land, he's hunted state land and public land and he goes out of state and he's just, you know, they got a good team of guys or a decent group of guys over, um, at vital Shot. So he's got a pretty good handle on, you know, hunting Michigan and those, you know, different perspectives. And I mean, he loves a self film too. So, I mean, he's, I think he talked about how he'd been self filming for maybe 12 or 13 years. So yeah, it was someone that I was really happy we got to talk with and, uh actually got to do two episodes with him the first one was a disaster I screwed up on some audio but uh he was able to come on uh, and do another one which actually kind of worked out because we did the first episode right before he was leaving for his uh UP bear hunt and uh so we talked about that a little bit well he was successful so when he came back we we got to do another episode and got to talk all about that but uh yeah it's a great episode we kind of discuss you know obviously talk about his his bear hunt and it's a diy you know hunt in the up that he's done he his family has been you know bear hunting up there for a long time and they they kind of got a good system down you know they take a lot of time they take you know it it does take some effort and some time and you know a good group of people to get do what they do but uh i mean obviously it works because they've been doing it for a long time you know I, i know they don't always shoot everyone doesn't always shoot a bear but they always seem to see them and it sounds like a really fun hunt and it's a good hunt. So it was really nice to kind of hear that. I'm not a big bear hunter by any means. You know, I, I bear hunted in Wyoming this year. That's the first time I've ever bear hunted. So kind of get to, you know, talk about how he went about his, you know, his system and his setups and stuff like that. How they do that was really intriguing to me. But, you know, after we got done talking about that, we definitely rolled into a lot of whitetail stuff. And, uh, he's had, uh, you know, he's got, he hunts state land, he hunts private land, he hunts out of state. So, similar to me and we were able to, I was able to kind of pick his brain and you know, how they put food plots in and they try to improve habitat and you know, how he handles pressure and what he's kind of targeting for size of deer. Um, and like, you know, seeing trail cam picks of bucks and how you actually kill the bucks that you get on trail camera. And then he talks about how he hunts the rut, um, typically out of state and goes about kind of the mindset with that. Like it's, it's kinda of cool to be able to go to a different state where, you know, pressure might not be as bad and he can go down there and have a really fun rut hunt. And they do that with the family. And we might have kinda of like passed over that a little bit more than I probably wanted to in the conversation, but it's really cool that you can do something like that with your family. I mean, his brother hunts um and is on Vital Shot with him. And then, you know, I think he talked a little bit about how his dad and stuff like that also do that. But um yeah, I mean, that's kinda of like the I don't know if it's necessarily the Michigan way, but I go out of state. When I hunt out of state, my dad's with me 95% of the time. And we get to do that, you know, when I go gun hunting and go to family property. Like, that's a family ordeal, you know. You're out there enjoying your time and doing those things. So, yeah, pretty cool he does that. So, yeah, hope you guys enjoy the episode and get to, you know, learn some things. And it's just a good, I feel like it's a really good conversation just kind of getting us ready for the fall. So, now some current events for me. I, um... Oh, and then you can find uh, Vital Shot Productions on Instagram, you know, Facebook, and then they do uh, release a lot of their things on YouTube. Uh, They don't do it, uh, you know, I think how they typically go is they have, you know, they're on some local stations and channels in uh, Michigan. They're on the Pursuit channel. So, like, for example, like, Brandon's Bear Hunt isn't going to be released until next year, and he kind of goes over the time frame on that. But you can go on YouTube and they have, like, all their, their past hunts, um you know from like last year and like that you know they get released later so like i typically catch up on a lot of those on youtube i'm just i'm just a youtube guy i've been that way for a long time so it's really nice i can just go on there and then when i get a chunk of time i can just watch a bunch of them but yeah it's definitely cool to see local guys go out there and do that and you know they're just they're they're like your normal or they're your normal guy like they all have their full-time jobs and they do this and they sell film and it's just fun to see like a like a very achievable thing for, you know, all of us to do. However, I've tried to self-film a lot of bow hunts, and I feel miserably, as you can hear in this this episode. But for me, a new buck showed up. Um, not new. It's the it's deer I've called Mr. Krabs. He, uh, I've passed him two years in a row. First year, I don't know if it's really considered a pass because I knew he was two and a half and it really get me. Um, it wasn't like I picked my bow up. I was like, oh, my goodness, I'm going to shoot this deer. But he did come by. When he was two and a half, a couple times, and then last year I had a legit. That was a legit pass. I mean, I saw him. I grunted at him with soft grunt and turned him, and he came right by me, perfect. And I was in the same little area hanging hunt, um, and I just knew he was three and a half because I seen what deer it was. So he got a pass, and then I haven't had him on camera all summer or anything. I didn't know if he made it. Didn't have many pictures of him. End of year, the gun season, nothing. And yeah, he just showed up on one of the food plots that me and Henry. Uh, put in along with my brother-in-law so that's pretty cool that deer he uh I don't know if I've ever had a picture of him where I got a picture of him at so it's kind of cool to see that he he's not a giant deer but he's a four and a half so definitely a deer I'm going to target and I also got uh, my last cam out on some public land uh it's a new spot I did a little scout, and I've scouted the spot quite a few different times, and then I finally decided I'm going to hang a camera on the spot. So I got to go in there, and it was raining the other day, and sneak in there. And, yeah, I saw what I wanted to see, hung the camera up. And now it's just a waiting game. I don't know when I'm going to check those cams. That's always kind of the dilemma when you do you know, the SD cards and the cell cams because you get spoiled with cell cams. You set them things, and they just sit there, and you can you know, monitor them without having to go in there. And then you got these SD cams that it's like it's almost harder to know when to go back and check it. So the air, so it might be one of those things where I might not even check this one until the season's done or late in the season, or if I can you know if I feel like going out there and just throwing a sit at something because I got time, maybe that's when I'll check it. And then the other piece of state land or public land that I got my other camera, that's when I've had some history with. So I just kind of plan on, I'm for sure going to hunt that at some point, the first week of October, if it works out, that's like a priority. And then I'll check that one. But yeah, it's, it's kind of hard when you go set one of those cameras up and you're like, gosh, I need to know what's on it. And I just can't because I know that I'll probably ruin it if I go back in there. Uh, so that's, uh, but we're, you know, like I said, we're a week out, so. If, if I get some rain or something weird happens, you know, three or four days before season, like maybe this week, if it makes sense with the wind and the conditions, maybe I can quick run out there and pull those both, but I'm not foreseeing that happening. I'm also uh, still shooting my bow every day. I've switched to broadheads, not broadheads, but an arrow with a broadhead now. I've been shooting that every day with my um my field points. Like I still do the multiple yardage thing and you know, one day I'm shooting this target with a broadhead, and then I'm, you know, still shooting the other distances, doing morning and night. I'm not volume shooting. I haven't, I mean, it's been probably weeks since I've volume shot. So I'm just trying to make sure the three arrows I do shoot are great and want my first shot to be really good. And I've done, you know, if I shoot, you know, if I shoot more often, I could shoot a better, I feel a little bit better with my, you know, three shot groups. When you just go out there and you just like cold shoot first thing in the morning. you know 50 some yards or whatever it may be you really see how good you are and uh you can get humbled pretty quick so that's been really good for me just kind of focus and execute the shot better and uh yeah i've been enjoying that um and it did help that i got a doe early season early doe season so i feel pretty good confident and then uh also working on a new blind been kind of started building that a few weeks ago and then it's been pretty slow i haven't done much since but yeah i got a new gun blind i'm getting built for me and henry and ashley to go hang out in and set up in a spot. We can overlook some of the food plots we made. So yeah, that's kind of the current event with that. And then I have, I did want to kind of touch base. I've been looking over, like I said, we're a week out. So like you can kind of hop on, uh, any of your weather apps, even if you got the free ones and, um, you can look and see what, you know, they're projecting for the weather. And Right now, it's not looking so good, like, the first two or three days of season for, like, you know, severe, like, front or, uh, you know, a rain system comes through. That really gets me pumped for, like, like I said, 2020, it was cold front. It was – it came in, it rained for, like, three days, and then the – front was there so even when it was raining it was still kind of warm and then it pushed through and then it was like the next day or that night that rain stopped and it got really the cold front hit and I you know capitalized on that so I've always looked for those kind of things and just kind of looking through the first through the you know the eighth we it, we might have a little bit of a front or something kind of going on you know Thursday into Friday kind of happen looks like there's some chance for rain in the high temperature is going to be, you know, down in the high 60s, but I also don't, I, you know, have some other apps and, you know, you can see like the average high for the day and they're, we're above average for, you know, the first five days of season. And I believe even into the, into like when it's in the high 60s, I think that's kind of high for the average or it's round average. So I really like those days that are below the average high when I hunt, especially if it goes from being, you know, warm to that. Um, and then I also, like, look at the wind, which I think most guys who are serious about, you know, hanging hunts and, you know, being mobile and bouncing around and trying to find the right property, they're always kind of looking to see what that is. And, you know, early season, early October, you get lots of south, like, some years. So I've done, the last few years, I've really focused on trying to find some spots that are good for south wind. And, um, and it looks like we got, yeah, we got quite a few you know, south-ish winds, southeast, southwest, west-southwest. Those are kind of projected. It might, at some point in time, I'm sure there's going to be like a north wind in there because it's switching from, you know, it's the wind is switching, but I don't know for how long. I could be wrong. It might not ever do that, but I've been nabbed on that before. You know, you look at your app and it's like, oh, three days from now we're going to have a south wind. So then I kind of like have the game plan. I'm going to try to hunt that day. And then, you know, I don't really dig into the day to see if the wind's going to switch throughout the day. And I've messed up access because of that or, you know, I would get in there too late or too early. And, you know, so kind of keeping, you know, if you can break down the hour by hour and see what it's going to do, um, that helps. And look at wind speed because if it's calm, who cares which way the wind's really blowing because thermals are going to be override all that stuff. So, yeah, let's see Friday. We have the average for Friday is like 65, you know, the, the 6th of October you know, we're, that's average for the day, but every other day we're above average. So it might be kind of rough hunting the first week of season, but I mean, if you still can get in tight and find a spot that, you know, they're going to, that'll be good. And all my nice bucks that I have them kind of targeting, they move on South wind and daylight, which is great because we've had lots of South wind, especially this week with being so warm. So it is encouraging to see that. So I think I'm still in the play for that. But yeah, that's kind of what I'm, I'm looking forward to for, uh, yeah, I think by the time the next episode launches, it'll be freaking season and I am pumped about that. So I'll try to do little updates like this and all the intros when it, when it works out. And hopefully you guys have a great, uh, great opening week of bow season and get out there and take care of business. And yeah, and anyone who's listening, you know, if you, uh, if you guys have success and you want to talk about the story in the podcast, uh, reach out to me. I would love to do that. And, uh, I love hearing, you know, success stories, how you guys, you know, went through your mindset and were able to, you know, cross the, your eye or uh, cross cheese and dye your eyes and make something happen, you know, be very tactful. I feel like if you're going to kill a deer in the first few weeks of October, you got to, luck does play, Uh, you know, a big factor, I think, in, you know, all things hunting, you know, and luck can be described any way you want it to, but you, just because you do everything right doesn't mean it's still going to happen. So you sometimes have to have, you know, All the things fall into place. But if you're going to get on a mature deer in the first few weeks of October, you got to have good access. You got to have, you know, good property. You got to, you know, be able to set up right. And, you know, some property not all properties are created equal. So you kind of got to find the right spot that works for that time of year. But yeah, enjoy this episode, guys. Get out there. You know, maybe do some last minute scouting if you can. If you do, make sure it's not super invasive. Just kind of bounce around the fringe, maybe, or, you know, maybe quick check some of those SD cards they haven't checked yet. But, I mean, the shift has happened. Deer doing things different. I think deer are going to be doing things different going into this week. So it's an exciting time. But, yeah, enjoy the episode, guys. Have a good week. And we are hot. All righty. On this week's episode, I have Brandon Travis. And we actually did a podcast, I don't know if it was two weeks ago. And unbeknownst um, you to me, I had a really bad double talk. I was echoing or something was going on. So the audio was not the greatest. But anyway, we had a great first conversation and he was actually getting ready to go on a bear hunt before. Well, now he's back from his bear hunt and we have a lot to talk about tonight. But yeah, Brandon, uh, welcome Brandon Travis, and why don't you give us a little little background on who you are and, you know, uh, what you do for a living and that kind of thing.
1: All right, yeah, so uh, yeah, my name is Brandon Travis. Um, I work as a full-time firefighter, and then I also run a CPR first aid business on the side, um, and then I also film and edit for Vital Shot Productions, a TV show that's on some local channels and also on the pursuit channel um married got four young kids so i have a crazy busy life between all all of those things so yeah it keeps me busy and yeah that's you know that's kind of and i love love to hunt and uh bow bow hunt for white tails is is my passion it's what i love to do so i I try to sneak that in as much as, as possible between all the other things and you've been
0: that way for a long time because when me and my wife got first married, that was dang near 11 years ago. Now she was actually an EMT and she worked with you, I believe. Right. Or you kind of helped train her or something. And yep. she, the first little bit, she's like, this Brandon guy. He loves the deer hunt. Like you two would be best friends if you ever got together and like that. So we just kind of became friends on social media right then and there, but we never really crossed paths. You know, I've always seen from a distance what you've done and being a part of vital shot you know, looking at that over the years. And then now I started this podcast thing. I was like, first thing I actually said, like, you know, what? I think you would, you should definitely have Brandon on sometime because I think you guys have just hit it off and, you know, and we did right away. I mean, the first, like I said, the podcast earlier, we talked for I don't know how long, but it went really quick and just like-minded guys. I love to get after it for whitetail hunting and stuff. And yeah, definitely. you've been tore up with it for a while and, you know, been doing the video thing for, how long have you been doing the video thing for?
1: Probably. So I've been videoing my hunts for probably 10, 10 to 12 years, um, right around there. Uh, and then I've been filming for vital shot, I think for six, six years or so. So yeah, me and my brother and my buddy, Dan started our own thing trying to, we just started throwing videos together, putting them on YouTube, learning how to edit and stuff. Um, and then we had some similar sponsors with, uh, the vital shot guys and got to know them. And, they eventually asked us to kind of join them and and film for them and and start helping with some of the editing so uh the guys that run it uh grant and josh uh were you know getting married having kids things like that and it turns into a lot of work to edit uh, a tv show so um yeah so they asked us to help out since we were able to edit and we also had been filming for a while so it's been been a good time been been a lot of fun learned a lot uh you know, since joining up with them. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a good time.
0: So I have a little filming thing. I've been trying to film, you know, huts, not like serious, like you, you've done, but like, I I carry a camera out with me quite a quite often uh, bow hunting. And I also like to do it the, just give me something to do when I go out, like out of state hunts, because I used to do a lot of all day sits. It gets kind of boring. So like, I, I just have always taken a camera when I've done that, just to give me something to do during the day or full, you know, hunt. And then if you see deer on the distance, it just kind of keeps the mind, you know, busy. And, but I have yet to get a bow kill on camera. And I've been doing that. I've been taking that thing along with me for probably eight years, maybe 10. Uh, I've got some gun kills, you know, stuff like that. i filmed other people shoot stuff. My sister filmed me shoot a deer with a bow before, uh, but we just had the early doe season. So I have a, a spot close to the house that's, you know, got made a little food plot there and great spot for does like morning. There've been does out there and no big bucks or anything like that. So like, I'm going to sneak out there. I'm going to take the camera. So of course I bust the camera out, got everything all set up and lo and behold, doe comes right away and a doe came by like 10 yards. So it was, I didn't have the stream lanes cut yet for this tree. It was a preset I have not been into yet this year. But, uh, of course, all the leaves are on there. So, you know, yeah. branches are hanging way down. So, like, all mm-hmm. my shots were, like, under 20 yards. <laughs> so, which is fine. Like, if I'm going to shoot a doe, I want it to be close. And you don't want it to sure. be a chip shot kind of a thing. So, the deer comes up, and I'm, like, messing with the camera, and I get the thing perfectly in frame. It's right there at 10 yards. And I started to pull my bow back and she just like could, it was dead calm and she could just hear something. And she took off around and I just laughed and I was like, yeah, the camera saved another one because I had to wait for her to like clear a tree for the camera to shoot. And I could have shot her, you know, five or six times before is why I told myself. So that happened. And then later in the morning, more does came through. And then this other doe came by and it starts, it kind of does like a little mini loop because the, um, the wind was really, uh, Home, but it was like thermals are pulling back into the woods because of an inside corner So there was acorns dropping all around like typical deer They kind of mill around they're eating the acorns and then she's working her way through the food plot and she kind of did like a Little wide circle, but I know the deer do this when I was set up off that so when they do like a loop downwind I'm still upwind of them when they make the loop so but came down perfect 13 yards had the camera on her good and I could see her in the frame and I begin to pull the bow back and completely forget to double check to see if she's in frame when I shot her like 13 yards, and she's not even close to being in frame. You can see her butt. That's it. I was like, "Oh my <laughs> gosh, I messed that up." You know, so the streak continues of me not getting one on film. So I give you guys all props that do that and do that for a long time because I go into like a kill mode, and you know, the camera it looks great until I decide I'm going to shoot the thing, and then I just completely forget about all camera work. You know, and I can't tell you many times like on just does that I've. You know, not got a shot or, you know, missed an opportunity trying to get a film. So I can't imagine every time I see you guys have a successful, you know, buck kill on camera. I'm like, yeah, it looks easy sometimes, but how many times has that camera saved bucks, you know? So i give you guys props for that.
1: Yeah. It takes, it's a big commitment to try to shoot things on, on film, especially when you're self-filming and we, you know, we'll film each other here and there when we can, but for the most part we're self-filming, um, and yeah, it's a big commitment and it's, it's tough, you know, there's, there's definitely some, some big bucks that have lived, uh, cause of cameras, no question.
0: Yeah. And, the, you know, I was, I, the one thing though, that I did get in the camera, which was nice, which I'm sure is why you guys like to do it too, is you can look back and see things. So she was quartering too. And it, like I said, a chip shot. So I put it right where her neck and shoulder meet. And I know it came out low on the other side, but I wasn't like. You know you kind of have that moment where you're like oh you i thought i saw her tip over like in my head and then i looked back at the footage and sure enough i could see you know i see her butt the shot happens it sounds great on the camera and then as she's running away i can see her tails down and she's not doing good as she runs across the camera because i did swing that through quick enough and then you know you look look over there It's like oh yeah she definitely didn't clear through those trees so she's dead right over there so that's such a nice thing to like know you know so i get down walk over there and sure enough <laughs> she died you know 40 yards from where i shot her so it was like textbook but it was nice having a little bit of reassur- reassurance oh, yeah. you know going through so
1: yep, yeah we definitely in if, if, i always say that even if i don't uh always film for a reason i'll always take a camera with me because especially when you're bow hunting man it is nice to be able to look back at that shot because there you know there are times when you feel like you made a great shot and you look back at it and you're like ooh, maybe not and you know, mm-hmm. you know a little bit of time and wait and there's other times where you're like oh man i don't know about that one and then you you look at the video and you, you, you know, sometimes sure enough, you made a good shot or, um, what we'll do is we, you know, we have a couple guys that run, uh, tracking dogs, uh, on our team. So, you know, we'll send them the video because they've mm. seen, they've seen, you know, countless deer that, that have been hit and tracked and everything. So, you know, we'll send it to them and be like, Hey man, you know, what do you think? And they usually have pretty good. Pretty good idea, even if you know I'm not quite sure on the shots. So that's it's super helpful to have.
0: Yeah, it's it makes that's probably like easy for you guys to justify why you do it. You know, there's all those highlights, you know, the work and all that. But when you get to have that, the memory, the the eth- this, you know, being ethical with that because I think, you know, seeing the footage, you know, do I track it now? Do I wait later? You know, a yeah. buddy that maybe. know like you said doesn't have the greatest angle you can send it to a bunch of different people and get the best you know my because if you track too soon you can push a deer not find it it might still die you know it happens everyone has happened to me if you you know or it could be the other way where you know that deer you you second guess yourself so you wait and you go in the next morning just because you didn't trust yourself and then the coyotes get it so but if you have that footage and you can get like a lot of people's perspective You know you can live with whatever decision you make at the time you know like it doesn't mean you're going to do it right every time but it's like hey we all decided that it's a good idea to wait till the morning because it looks like it might deflected or the deer was a little more you know duct board than i thought so then you make that decision and then you find the deer in the morning and if some of it's gone to the coyotes you're like well hey at least i get to have you know some of it still or didn't you know i didn't push it and it ran all night and you know died you know because i was pushing it you know there's so many things that you as a bow hunter you can like go through in that mental the the negative mental side of it and i think filming it really helps
1: alleviate some of that yeah so, it definitely does it's mm-hmm. so at it, t- it times other times it causes more stress than yes it's
0: worth <laughs> set it up in the tree yeah that was the oh, thing yeah. so yeah the the first time i tried to shoot the doe or one of the does like i went to pull my bow back i got my bow back all the way and i uh and she took off running right away because she just heard I don't know if she heard me just move or something. I mean, I'm talking like she was close, and I'm only like twelve feet up in this tree. It's a like a triple tree. So I'm like right in the middle of all the tree trunks. So they never see me. But then I like I was like, Oh my goodness, what happened? And she ran in the field. So like I went to like put my bow down. I turned to go touch the camera on the camera, literally, the camera and the camera arm like fall sideways off the tree because i didn't have it <laughs> locked in all the way I, just, I looked at that thing i was mm-hmm. like what the heck is that this yeah, is such yeah. a disaster but you know and i've done it quite a few times and i still mess up you know so just mm-hmm. in that checklist but so before we touch on your bear hunt
1: yeah
0: what i know uh what where is it looking like for you right now right now it's uh september 18th yep so we have a few weeks before season um why don't we touch on a little bit like your backstory to bow hunting and like what you currently kind of have with you know private land and what you do with the
1: properties you have and that kind of stuff just kind of give a quick overview. Sure so uh, I got into bow hunting when I was just like most people when I was about 12 years old 12 years old in Michigan is when you start you know bow hunting Um, a little bit different thing with me is like my family didn't hunt a ton growing up. Uh, My dad uh, when me and my I have a twin brother and a younger brother that's two years younger uh, than me and when we got to be about like nine or 10 years old and started showing some interest in deer hunting. Um, he had hunted a couple times when he was younger, but not much, but we had some family property in Kalamazoo County. And uh, he kind of decided that he wanted to start hunting and wanted to get us involved in that. So um, him and my grandpa and my uncle uh, started kind of hunting with us and we all kind of learned together. So um, that was kind of how we got into it we made made a lot of mistakes when we were all trying to figure all the things out, you know, um, and th- that property was amazing. If I could have that property back to go, <laughs> on right now, man, I would kill some giants. <laughs> we screwed a lot of stuff up. Um, it's got houses on it now. Unfortunately, your family ended up selling it. We don't have that anymore. But so yeah, so that was kind of how I got into it. Um, we all learned together and kind of grew up together. We still all hunt together, which is super cool. So uh, and then now, currently, um, my uh, uncle has some property in northern Michigan uh, that that he lets my brothers and my dad and I hunt. Um, it's about 200 acres of, of property. Backs up to some public land. Um, and then my in laws have property in northern Michigan as well. It's a family property. So there's about there's probably about a dozen people that hunt that property. Um, and then my well,
0: that's almost worse than some state land or some public yeah, land you know you yeah, think about I mean, that
1: how many people do hunt it you know yeah and it's it's set up pretty well to where you can get a decent amount of people on it um it's it's pretty it's got some thick areas and some open areas so it's broken up quite a bit okay um but it is you know it is it is a little crowded i don't hunt there a ton um it's a good place to take my kids uh, yes You because know, of the family family atmosphere they've got uh like big box blinds for gun hunting and stuff mm-hmm. so um, I take my kids there, and uh, my daughter actually shot her first buck there while, while I was in the UP, so that was super cool with my father-in-law, and they got to make that memory together, and that, that was pretty pretty neat, um, and then my um, aunt uh, lives in Indiana. She's Well, she actually lives in Florida now, but lived in Indiana, has a farm there. Um, that we hunt down there as well in Northwest Indiana. So I tend to spend uh, as much time in the first couple weeks of November there as I can. So nice. I I do some early season stuff and some late season stuff in Michigan, but the last few years, especially, um, my rut hunts have been in Northwest Indiana. So.
0: So now with those those properties, like I just from knowing you in that previous conversation, you you do kind of set them up to have like early october success like you guys have that very like in your front of your mind like we're doing this so you go through and do the food plot game and all that kind yep. of stuff and you've really strove to make that property better over the years right like you guys have had it had it for a while and you kind of are always implementing different strategies with food plots and like how many acres of food plots did you, mm-hmm. you do on those again
1: so the, so the so the one the one in michigan that um that we hunt uh, we've got right now we've got like six acres of food plots and we're gonna try to get that to 10 next year the goal would be like 20 we want to get about 10 percent of it in food but um it's you know it takes a lot of time it takes a lot of work and it and the dirt up there is is rough it's it's western it's like northwest michigan so it's not far from the lakeshore. so yeah sandy um, sandy it's sandy dry acidic soil so we're working we've done a lot of work on soil correction and stuff and um and it's getting better but you know we've got got a ways to go but we get we we are doing pretty well with the food plots that we have yeah right? and
0: you've had like good like it's really helped that property right you were kind of saying oh, yeah. like you've had a pretty good return on all that work
1: yeah we've had a, we've got a lot more deer a lot more uh nice bucks coming in the last couple of years um on a regular basis than what we had to begin with and in the, in the area we're at there's no ag so it's all it's all about food. Anything mm-hmm. you can have to have food is great. We've got a lot of acorns, um, which kind of helps keep them there, but it also kind of keeps them uh, where it's hard to find them. It's, it's good. There's yeah. a lot of, lot of terrain. A lot of options for lot, them. Yeah, yeah. A lot of terrain, a lot of acorns. So they kind of stay spread out, whereas those food plots have been concentrating them. And and they're they're usually into those pretty good still the first couple weeks of the season. So we've had some pretty good opportunities in the, the first couple weeks of the season up there
0: because yeah, i've seen some of the videos of the past you know through either youtube around your show and yeah you guys you guys see some nice bucks early in the season which yeah. is kind of how i hunt too like i like i like to t- attack that first week so is there any like do you have any like words of wisdom like how you attack or set up a food plot to hunt in that first you know let's say that first week of october do you guys have you guys figured out a way like i guess like if you were to for me like i feel like access is like super important for the early october that's and exactly
1: then, what I was going to say. Access. Access. Yeah. So like, how do yeah. you like,
0: do you like, obviously you have food plots that are there just for food. So like give the deer food to eat. or not actually spots you want to shoot them. Um, I would assume, I mean, maybe they, every plot is, has a good opportunity to kill, but like where I hunt in the egg country, like, yeah, the deer go to the egg at night and they're there, but I could never shoot a deer on that specific mm-hmm. spot. So like, how do you guys like, do you have like little kill plots set up or like, do you have like, you guys you know predominant wind setup plots for like this mindset or how do you guys uh, go into that in the season or into your yeah. food plot strategy?
1: so we've got we've got one big like destination food plot um, and then we're gonna we're working on we've got one smaller one that we're expanding out into another like destination food plot and then we tend to kind of have um, like kill plots smaller you know quarter to a half acre kill plots around those. Um, and we hunt those based on the wind, but not, it's not as much the wind for that food plot. It's the wind for the bedding that's close to that. Mm-hmm. That but, That's a great like, point. Yeah. Because it, a lot of those, a, a lot of those early season deer are coming, you know, getting out of bed late. They're coming into those, you know, food plots fairly late. They're not, they're not in there all day, you know, mm-hmm. the, and and so those plots are typically fairly close to where they're bedding so we we think about our wind and our access more for those bedding areas than than necessarily the food plot i mean you you don't want your wind blowing straight out into the food plot where they're going to be but we all we we set them up and kind of think more about the 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 bedding and where they're more that
0: that's a a great point because like you just said you know like right now the oaks are, you know, acorns are dropping really good. There's uh, you know, the beans are still, they're still a little green, some are turning quick. So like for my trail cameras, you know, I have them set up in spots that typically are where I want to hunt or I can hunt in close proximity to it. But like going into October, you might not have any sort of consistent pattern because that, you know, that buck could just be hanging out just out of frame or, you know, a few, you know, a few yards away from it, or just across this little field. So I was wondering, like, do you have, can't like, how do you know what food plot to go to? Do you like use trail camera data to really make that decision? Or is, do you go to spots that you don't have any any trail cam pics of that buck in that food plot because you just go there on a gut gut feeling? Or what makes you guys decide, okay, I'm going here tonight, I'm going here. Like, how do you break that down?
1: If if I have the trail camera data, then, I mean, that's what I'm going off of. If I, you know, there was, I think it was two years ago, we had a, really nice buck he was my number one buck on that property that i mean and i screwed it up and up hitting him hitting him high like the third day of october um he lived which was good but um it, that was all trail cam data i had him in there uh, very regularly like day after day after day same time you could tell where he was coming from so nice if we, if we have that trail cam data i mean that's what i'm using but we don't always have that that's no pretty, that's i would say that's, that's pretty like typical rare. it's not yeah. not common so if you know if if i don't have that data it's more based on probably you know wind wind direction and access just trying to figure out what what food plot's going to work best for that wind in my access going into there and, and trying to hunt that way and not go in and blow everything out the first week of october you know what i mean
0: yeah that's a great so i really like the point about the wind bedding because i have done it in years past where i have this like really good observation spot i can sit and watch a hidden field and it is like loaded with deer every day and i set it up it's actually a gun blind that i can bow hunt out of and sometimes i do get lucky and deer come close to that there's like a little pinch but typically I can be, you know, 200, 250 yards away from where all the big bucks come out and the bucks come out. So I've done it where I've hunted almost the, the first five to six days of October. I've hunted every night because I can get in there easy, quick. Like even if I only got 45 minutes, I can go out there and I have never watched a mature buck do the same thing more than yep. one night in a row. Like it's usually mm-hmm. in that five day window. I got one day
1: Yeah, and for sure.
0: trying to pick that day is really hard. Like I did it right. You know, a few years ago, I got an opening night. I shot a really nice puck doing that. But, I mean, otherwise, it's like you're just trying to throw a dart at the wall and guess, like, because you don't want It's that fine line between going in there and being too intrusive and then ruining, you know, the first two weeks of the season. You know, there's all these things you got to play. But I think if that's a great point when you said about the, you know, Thinking about the wind for where they bed because I think it's a similar concept to like hunting a buck on a quartering wind. You know, you want to give them the advantage as they're coming in that you can hunt off that. But you also, when there's food everywhere like there is right now, like with the acorns and the you know food plots and all these other things, a buck can literally bed in multiple places right now. There's no pressure that's pushing them anywhere yet. So yeah, focus on that. That's a that's a yeah. that's a good point. I'm gonna I'm gonna use that this yeah. first week of season for <laughs> sure. Nice. Yeah, I like that. So now what, um, when you like, well, I want to touch on like your, you know, your, your upcoming season, how many bucks do you have like on camera? Like, cause you guys kind of target, do you target three and four year olds or what was the age? Like
1: two shoot four typically. So typically three and older. I mean, I, I'd like to get to the point where, you know, we could, we could go for, you know, four and five year olds, but, um, in Michigan, especially Northern Michigan, man, that's tough and. This year, though, I mean, this year, like I said, my daughter shot a buck already. I I shot a bear, so we've got plenty of meat in the freezer. I don't yep. have a lot of pressure, so um, you know, I might, I might, I shot a three and a half year old buck last year. I might be a little pickier this year. I've got two really nice buck on bucks on camera. I got one in Michigan and one in Indiana that are real nice deer. So, you know, it might turn into depending on what my season looks like how you know how much time i i end up getting out in the woods i might
0: you i can might hold be, out for those i might be holding
1: out for a game. nice so You're how
0: nice. much turnover do you do you get like do you have is, can you like have you been able to follow bucks like for year to year is it kind of like a new bucks every year because i have properties here that i will get random deer that show up and i'm like i've never seen that three and a half old buck before i have no idea who it is and then there's other other spots where it's like i've seen that deer for three years in a row you know, I've he's walked by it a year and a half, two and a half, three and a half, four and a half, and then five and a half. And sometimes I shoot him, sometimes I don't. So up there and up, I have a property that's you know 100 miles north of Grand Rapids, and there we actually we get a lot of new deer. Like like all of a a two and a half, three and a half year old possums. Like I've never seen that deer before. Then I never see him again. But we also have the deer that are just homebodies, like clockwork. So I didn't know, and that's that's because like a lot of. I don't know if it's just – I think it's because a lot of people don't shoot them. So, you know, they're – they're the two- and the three-year-olds are just running rampant, daylight all over the place, very consistent. But they're safe, so no one's shooting them, so they kind of do it. And then they've been getting – when they turn four and a half, that's like a death sentence for them because everyone's, like, targeting those, you know, which is fantastic to have a property that – you have the opportunity in Michigan to shoot a four and a half year old buck, which I think is awesome, and I'm not being ungrateful yeah. for that at all. So I just wonder what you guys kind of deal with with having like the good food for the area, and like how much turnover you guys do see.
1: So um, Michigan, we man, we don't see a ton of like year to year bucks. It's a lot of like new bucks, and and it, but we will have them that that'll be they'll be there most of the season. You know, they won't always be visible during the daylight and stuff, and they'll kind of come and go. Um, but like our our neighbors up there, we've got a couple neighbors that are really do that uh, are good hunters, don't shoot small deer, keep an eye on the deer. So between the two of us, we can usually get a, a couple years worth of pictures on, on a bigger deer. Um the one we have up there now, I don't think I don't think we've had pictures. I think he's four and a half, and I don't think we've had pictures of him. Just appeared. I think so. And and our Indiana property is like that too. Our Indiana property, the deer don't live there. It's farmland, very little woods. What woods is there? Is are super open. There's like no bedding, so we've got a lot of land, but the deer don't really live there. So it's oh, it's cruising bucks. That's why I, I hunt there in October. November. Or yeah, in, in November is it's it's cruising bucks, man. There's there's food <laughs> and there's does hanging out, and the bucks are cruising through. Sometimes just, I wish I
0: had a spot like that in Michigan. You know what I mean? It's, like it's cool. It, you know, in Michigan, it's like. I don't think I've ever hunted. Man, if I've done like when I've gotten serious about trail cameras, like you know, running them throughout a the little bit of the summer and like do my scouting, my glassing, I've never had a giant buck appear out of nowhere. Like mm-hmm. I've always been like, I know he's in the area. And yeah. then you go down, you hear what you're just saying, like in Indiana, and I I've hunted Illinois and Missouri and Iowa these megas just show up out of nowhere and you're like what is that like Mm -hmm. i i couldn't imagine just being in my tree here in michigan just like man dude a 140 could walk by a 150 could walk by and maybe a booner like it's a possibility because like around here like every booner is like pretty much accounted
1: for everybody knows everyone
0: knows if it's there you know Mm -hmm. so that's pretty cool so now what um when you go like you're you're thinking you are gonna attack pretty hard like opening days on sunday this year do you think you're gonna be able to hunt sunday night
1: no i work
0: you do work okay because that's kind of your schedule yeah you you work big shifts and stuff like that so So, yeah
1: i work a 24-hour shift on sunday um but i've got i think like the next four days off so I'll, i got a, i got a couple things going on you know busy kids and all that but well, yeah you just took uh, a big vacation bear hunt so yeah I, kinda... know, I know I, and <laughs> my time's gonna be short uh to start the season but i'll probably get out a couple evenings uh the first week and um hopefully hopefully we've got got a pretty good idea on on a couple good bucks up there we've we've been getting some pictures so yeah but uh, i'm just looking forward to getting out you know, yeah know. Some, so, i know mean, so let's i say that i've already been out in you've the already been out yeah.
0: weeks, but, but it's different like when you when you're yeah. hunting like i hunted you know the spring bear in wyoming this year and that was awesome to be out there hunting and doing that but, but and then you know when i got up in the tree for the early doe first time ever i've done early doe season i don't know why i just never have been really intrigued because i usually shoot a lot of does with a gun that's kind of my that, thing that's
1: what i did you i shoot them late late season yeah late because you know like
0: mm-hmm. we're talking like when we're That first week of the season, we're targeting a mature buck or like our target buck because we've had luck with it, and I've seen it and I've heard people like you tell me stories over the years, and I'm like, well, they're doing it, I can do it. So I've let a lot of does go just because I don't want to ruin my hunt. And that ruins the wrong word. I don't want it to like educate or spook it buck because I'm literally going in thinking I'm going to shoot a buck that night. Yep. So this early doe, I was kind of talking to a buddy at work, and he was telling me all stories about how he was like that was like. The highlight of his, like, fall was him and his buddies getting together, and they're on Dope Patrol doing that. So I, like, started thinking about it, and I was like, well, I have a preset stand, and, you know, I got to do that. And it, it was cool. Like, I snuck in the morning, uh, did that, you know, did the same thing. I think if I would have, like, a November, October hunt, I glassed the field, make sure nothing was there. Like, I treated it just like I was going in to kill a buck, you know? Yeah. And it was exciting, man. My heart got pounding when I shot that deer. It was awesome. I was like, "Yeah, this is pretty cool." Yeah. But I can promise you, if that camera that was in close proximity had a mature buck on it in the last three weeks, I would not have done that. So, right. you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> yep. it makes it a little easier to do that, and having lots of spots helps. So. Yeah, it's
1: nice to nice to get one out of the way early, too, man. Yeah. Get, you know, kick the rust off and yeah, work your work your system out, getting in there, getting up in yep. the tree, and run through all that early. Yeah, it's, it was really nice
0: getting the camera and doing that because, like I said, I've it, my camera is nothing fancy, but it's like a um, it's a Canon or whatever, and it's the yes, is a DSLR. or DSLR. whatever. Yeah, so I had to like mm-hmm. do the focus manually and like getting the settings kind of worked out again and going through and external battery pack and all that crap. So that was like it was really fun doing that. So now I'm like even like more ready for October first. I'm like, oh man, I got my first. I not I didn't do a, a mobile setup, but I got got that done. So that was fun. Yeah. So what let's kind of transition into this bear hunt a little bit. Yeah, because for sure, man. That definitely, we were pretty excited for that when I talked yeah. to last. So uh-huh. how long have you been doing like you've got you have a group of buddies that do this? How long have you guys
1: been doing this bear hunting UP for? So it's yeah, it's my wife's family. Um and my wife's uncle's been hunting up there uh for 40 years. He's been basically for for since the I think early to mid eighties they started hunting up there um and then i went for the first time five i think five years ago um and it's i think every four years you can draw it and draw it okay the first season hunt there so um so this is my second time so but the one of the guys i've been i went with my wife's other uncle he's been hunting up there since like the late 90s and then the two other guys that were with us it was actually their first trip is um my brother-in-law and then my wife's cousin
0: so are they pretty serious about the bear hunt like is it a big deal to get that first season like is it kind of like is it like you know how we are like i mean opening days every day but like do they treat it like deer hunting almost like this is exciting or is it more of like hey hang out we're gonna try to shoot a bear like do this how does what's the mindset i guess with it
1: no we're pretty serious about it like yeah we're we're going up there to kill bears that's what i felt like
0: for me because you were like yeah you had a plan in place you knew how much time was going like you've done this is not the first rodeo at all
1: no and we've like like i said the the, my wife's one uncle has been going up there for 40 years and uh one of the other guys that he started hunting up there with he was up there too they weren't hunting with us but they were hunting kind of the same area Mm -hmm. we were in contact with them and yeah they know they know what they're doing man so I've, i've learned a lot from them and yeah it's uh it's, it's seemed we've, we talked about it a little bit last time, but it, hunting over bait, people tend to think like, oh, you know, it's easy. There's nothing mm-hmm. to it. but man, there there's a lot more to it than just throwing some donuts out in the woods and sitting over yeah. top of them. That
0: was a rude awakening for me in Wyoming. Like I, you know, never have had a desire to shoot a bear. Like we have bears in Michigan. Like, you know, everyone knows that, but it's never been like a high on my bucket list. Like I really want to shoot a black bear. But then like going out there, I was like, you know, it wasn't the money what made sense. And it was an adventure because you're in the mountains. Like, it's so cool. Mm -hmm. I knew we were hunting over bait, but, you know, I'd talked and heard stories about it. I was like, it kind of made sense because it's Mm -hmm. so fast and all Mm -hmm. that. Like you have the thick cover and you can't spot and stalk them because it's so, there's so much terrain and so much cover. They don't, they don't really, they're not out in the open. So like, okay, that makes sense. But I was like, oh man, this should be, everyone says it's kind of hard to do it with a bait. And then I get there and I see UI and I see how a bear acts and, you know, we watch the choke and I like, dude, how, like, how does this, how do you shoot one with a bow like this close? Because there's so many things going against you. Thermals. Uh, bears can smell really good. You have to be quiet mm-hmm. in there. You're already baiting it and they know a human is there baiting it. So you have that working against you. So it a lot of things have to line up. To make it happen, especially on like a, a a bear of good size, I feel like maybe like younger bears and like a high bear population area be a little easier to an extent, but still, you're trying to trick a wild animal to coming into within bow range, and you can't like how thick is that area you're hunting? Like how far can you
1: see? I mean, it's, it's real. Most areas is super thick. Like you're the where I was at, yeah. I mean, it's where I was hunting like 30 yards i mean correct like it's in most areas you can't see that far basically we we find an area where you you can
0: actually see that far actually
1: seeing it far enough to to shoot like some of the spots we liked like you you literally couldn't set up any farther than 10 yards away and it's like well that's that's not gonna work (laughs) you know what i mean it's so thick and And I mean, that's, that's why you have to hunt them with bait and and hounds Mm -hmm. have to, but that's why it's the, the effective way to hunt. The only effective way to do it's with, with hounds and with bait or, or finding good food sources or something like that. Yeah. And I think that's
0: kind of what, that's what kind of helped me. Like, it's like baiting deer. I grew up baiting deer. Like my, my family did it. And like, that's how I, I did not actually even shoot my first deer with bait, but that's when I first started hunting was that. Um, and it was one of those things where it's like, hey, you know, the deer comes within a specific range. You know how far the bait is. You can wait for your shot. You can make the shot. Like, I, there's like, there's a proponent to like, bait is good for like, you know, people who need to learn how to shoot deer and do that. Now, you know, hunting big bucks and wild, doing all that stuff. You have your opinions on bait, but you know, we yeah. can't do that anymore. So then, but then I started thinking about like, I shoot deer and I'm a hunter to like help with management of wildlife, like you know, yeah. keep the population in check. So like Wyoming and the same as UP and all these places, like if we're going to do our part and continue to be able to hunt bears, we have to do it. We have to manage them correctly. Otherwise they're going to find another means to do it. So like if we have to effectively harvest a certain amount of bear every year, yeah. Like dogs and bait are the way to do it because you have to, you have Mm -hmm. to, because you can't, there's, you could never, you would never see. I mean, I got trail cam picks a bear on one of the properties know almost every year we get pictures of bear on there i have never seen a barrel hunting there and either has i think any may my uncle did one time in all in 30 40 years of hunting you know all the time i mean like almost every day of gun season multiple times during both seasons. we've never laid eyes on a bear you know but they're on trail camera they're around They're around, around. kind of that thing so like Mm -hmm. i i was really i really did open my eyes doing that to like understanding the concept of bakes i've always been like dogs made sense to me because i already know rabbit hunt and do those kind of yeah. things like using that as a tool and that baiting is the same kind of tool and then that allows you to hit the quotas and do those things and gives you like a bear's a big animal and it's a, you know you want to make a good shot on a bear and like mm-hmm. that bait pile does help with that so there's so many good things that come out of that and i think any, i mean you guys had to like put some time and effort into bait too
1: yeah like oh yeah yeah so we went up uh well, Kurt, the one guy, he went up the. I think it was the the Friday before Labor Day. What I think, like the first or whatever it was. I mm-hmm. think first or second. Um, and he started the baits. Then I got up there the third on Sunday, and so we he had run. He had started I think six or eight eight, six or eight baits at that point, and then we ran them all the Monday morning. Uh, built another one or two, and then ran all those on. Tuesday and then ran them again Wednesday and Wednesday night the um the season started so yeah so we a already had a lot of work before we the already season had, started yeah you know six <laughs> days of five days of work before the season started and of course, you know, when we got up there it was ninety six degrees for the first three <laughs> days we were up there working. So those were like uh, the I
0: was I did a podcast with a guy around that same time and I was like, Yeah, I feel like I was working in the rainforest. It was yeah. so humid and so sticky and just it gross. Was, yeah.
1: It was. Yeah. Yeah. It's I I framed uh, Help my brother in law frame houses for few, for that week before I headed yeah. up there too. And man, I'm not used to that stuff. I'm used to <laughs> I'm used to being like in turnout gear and sweating and all that. But yep, man that that was that was hot. And there you are going through <laughs>
0: thick and nasty woods oh, cover yeah. and mm-hmm. kept lugging bait out there. Yep. So by Wednesday, so when was your, your opening night? Was Wednesday? You Wednesday, guys? yeah, Wednesday. So by Wednesday night, what did you guys have like GS and like, targets acquired kind of a thing or? We'd only oh, look
1: we only had two baits get hit at that point. Um then the hot weather just I think just kind of wrecked it. So the the they weren't moving and we had um yes, we had like three three days of like ninety six degree weather. The bears weren't moving. We had two baits get hit and then that Wednesday night it started raining. So we had, like, a, we got out, and it rained a little bit in the morning. We got out there, and it, it was supposed to, the rain was supposed to shut off. So we got up, got all set up, started to drizzle a little bit. And we're like, yeah, you know, we, we should be all right. But we don't have a cell service, so, like, you can't check the <laughs> radar. But little did we know, we had this, like, giant pop-up oh, <laughs> popped up and sat over it. And it poured rain for, like, five hours while we were oh, sitting awesome. out there. Just everything was <laughs> soaked. It rained all that night and all the next day, so you know, basically after the second day of the season, we had to start over because it had been hot then, found the baits, and then every all of our scents that we had out, and every, I mean, everything was just so washed away, washed yep. away, yep. So, so, but the one bait that got hit within the first couple days ended up getting hit, like, every night for, like, five nights in a row, Um and it was, I mean, it was close to, light. it was like 9.30 at night, and then like six something in the morning and, and it was, it was the first time we've had it happen where we had, um, almost every time a bait would get hit, it, they'd come back like multiple times they'd hit it. Mm. They'd leave, they'd come back a couple hours later. They leave, they'd come back a couple hours later. So, I mean, we knew, we knew what we were using for bait was good. They they liked it. Yeah. Yeah. They liked it. So, um, and we had a ton of baits getting hit at night, but it was just trying to, trying to find one that was happening during the day was was tough it was a little you know we were all sitting on active baits but not we only had i think we had one one daylight picture as of we were like a weekend or so and had had one daylight picture of a bear Um, so yeah how long
0: was your hunt like how long were you hunting for
1: we hunted for so through the 13th so the hunt started the 6th of september and we were up there through the
0: 13th yeah so you had a good amount of time we you did. Com- no, you guys were committed for five, to five a long, day yeah. before that. Yeah, you were like committed to this. Like I know yeah. what you were telling me. I was like, you're gonna be. That's like two yeah. weeks. You know, like yeah. uh, being gone. But, it's a big trip.
1: My yeah. My wife thinks so too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as the kids are playing uh, sports and doing all those yeah. things to keep yeah. busy. Yeah, yeah. Now she's she's <laughs> so the saint, you- man. She's a rock star. She held it all together for good thing it's in ourselves. early september
0: you know not october so you don't do yeah. it october and november it right really a little right. tougher yeah
1: so you
0: so what did any i know you you had a um couple days you sat what what point in time did you guys did anyone else in camp shoot a bear or what was the first opportunity like how did it look for you guys
1: so the first night um one of the guys that was with us had a, a bear come through but uh, never came into the bait. He was he was uh, using a rifle. Actually, he broke his arm like three weeks before he went up there. Oh, so, geez. He, was his bow. <laughs> so he brought a rifle. but um, So he had one come through and uh, couldn't get a shot at it. Just It just stayed out in the thick stuff, and he caught glimpses of it and never got a shot at it. And then we didn't actually see a bear until I shot mine. So, what
0: what day was that what day that was, was the
1: the 12th so, so what, like six the seven days. like six seven, seven days. days yes yeah yep that's mm-hmm.
0: that's like a that's in so you don't just put bait out there and bears don't just appear is what you're no. saying no and and that's it's
1: it's not like it's not like the hunting videos you see in canada where mm-hmm. you know bears all over the baits like it, it's pretty typical to to see you know a, a bear when when yeah. you're you know, if now if you can if you can Start the baits like when they start baiting season, which I think is in like our, our um middle of August or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and you can get those baits established and get bears coming in and stuff. You can have more opportunity at multiple bears, but you know, that's we're not going to be able to drive the far ways, yeah. Gonna, yeah, you guys aren't right there no we're ways up so it's because yeah, that's drive. what they
0: talked about the guide talked about in wyoming too he said you know establishing bait sites is very important like mm-hmm. and not just for that year for like years in a row like yeah. they kind of yep. have their areas and they fine-tune them and that actually will like help because the bears know like they'll yeah. know
1: that that's where that site is so you guys yep. are already kind of behind the eight ball a little bit trying yep. to do that okay, Yeah. so, so like, if you if you lived up there and like you could run your baits every day or every other day for the whole mm-hmm. season yeah you I mean you could see multiple bears and you could have probably a shot of like a, a really really big bear but mm-hmm. you know where we're at it's just we we don't have the means to to be up there all the time because it's a long drive and and, mm-hmm. and gas is you know expensive yeah can you imagine doing that, dry? that yeah no do that thing
0: once a week or you know yeah you probably would have to do it more than, i mean you you'd yeah, probably, yeah. probably want to yeah. do it more than that when a couple you're times a week at the minimum yeah. you could, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so yeah. you so lead me into this hunt that you got your bear like what what was it like it get it cooled down right
1: yes yeah, so like yep the, after the rain came through the weather uh, broke and we were having highs around like 65 to 70 lows were getting into like the high forties. so that's started having baits start getting hit um and the one that the so the one that i was on was it had been hit like the most consistent we had two different bears coming into there um there it was all in, in the dark but it was close to the daylight um and i think that one was like it was like five maybe five days in a row that bait had got hit and uh we let the, the two guys that had never hunted, we let them hunt that spot. We had another spot that was getting hit pretty consistently too. So we, we let those guys pick where they wanted to go first because, you know, they'd never, never been, never shot a bear. I've shot a bear mm-hmm. before. So, um, the so that, that spot we ended up having, I don't know what happened, but, um, we had two days that, uh, in a row it didn't get hit. We had, we've never had to deal with it up there before. Um, it's, it's a fairly new thing i'm guessing but a lot of the side-by-sides so we're all we're on like logging roads and uh there's a ton more side-by-side traffic up there than there was previously so th- that spot was kind of close to like a main trail so i i don't know if they they kind of that all that COVID,
0: co- all that COVID money still you know they're, COVID, you they're know? everywhere
1: up there <laughs> yep so so that bait Stop getting hit we had two days in a row that bait didn't get hit and we had started our last two baits um which would give us the 12 for the um for the amount of people that we had you can have three per person mm-hmm. um so we we'd started two baits and those got hit right away we'd gone we'd found spots that were a, a lot farther off of kind of the main trails where the atv folks had been um and those got hit right away. So that Tuesday night, uh, those two guys went and sat those those new baits um, just, I think, just to, you know, kind of have a change bit. of scenery or something. <laughs> yeah. So they went and sat there and I was like, well, you know, that baits it, it was getting hit a lot. I'm like, it's always in the in the past. That's been a good, a really good spot for us. So I'm like, well, I'll, I'll go sit there. And honestly, we had, uh, we had known somebody was going to sit there a lot, so we, Preset a stand there. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So like, ah. You know, because we've been mobile hunting the whole, you know, the yeah, because you were saying that. Stick, yeah, you're going to hang it sticks, on. Yeah, sticks yep. and stands and treat, you know, camera arms and all that stuff. And and I was like, yeah, that sounds nice. Like that preset <laughs> sounding pretty it did, nice. It, it did. Yep, yep. <laughs> so I went up and sat up in there, and it was, uh I wasn't super confident that I was going to see one in there it hadn't been hit for a couple of days and the the wind was swirling like I um I don't know did you use milkweed at all for oh yeah so yeah. like I dropped milkweed and it'd like go this way and then like five minutes later it'd come <laughs> it'd back past me you. going the other way and I'm like whoa <laughs> no this, this is never gonna be that never good, good. Like, yeah. well I'm like I'm okay here or whatever we'll you know we'll hang out and uh it got to be probably about 15 minutes before uh shooting light and uh i started hearing something off to the like north of me which is up kind of it's a thicker swampier area where they t- tend to typically come from but we've been having raccoons on our baits like crazy these raccoons were nuts man they were <laughs> big old huge. trash oh <laughs> just huge man it was, it, we've had them up there before in the past but nothing like this time they, i mean they'd be eight of them on the bait for three hours straight just, just loving, just trying to get into as much as they even dug like tunnels under like under the dirt and under our logs and got up into the
0: just bait. to get so, in there yeah oh yeah
1: so i'm like oh it's probably it's probably a bunch of trash bands or something and i'm yeah. like well i'm like oh, i might as well get ready just in case so i got you know i got stood up um got my cameras on and stuff and uh sitting there it was getting closer and closer and closer and i all of a sudden i caught a glimpse of of black and i'm like oh holy cow that's a bear there he is (laughs) there he is and so he started to come in and he actually ended up just kind of making a loop and looped back around and started walking away from me and i was like oh no you gotta be kidding me like that was you know second to last night and like this was my opportunity and and i'm like something you must i'm, I'm thinking he, it smelled me because my wind swirled or something and it started to walk off and it stopped and stood there uh for about five minutes and in my head i'm going man this thing needs to hurry up like i'm looking at the clock i'm going i got i don't have much time i was my my camera light. i was running out of camera light because you you filmed Oh yeah. before like you run out a camera light like a good you know at least five ten minutes before yeah, a, we'll uh, shoot Depending on light, how yeah. where you're at, you could be like fifteen if you're in. Like, yeah, and he was covering. In in where I was at, it was light up where I was, but where the bait was at was kind of down. In mm-hmm. it was I mean it was dark down there, um, darker. So I was running a camera light, and I'm like, man, like he either needs this thing, either needs to decide to come in so I can shoot it or like leave, leave, because like, otherwise he's going to be staying. I mean, it's only 30 yards from me just staying. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Walking. Cause if he hangs out
1: there, it's yeah, dark, then, you can sit, yeah, sit there and sit there and I yeah. And, and I don't want to spook it because I mean, if it started to come in, you know, we could shoot it the next day or Correct. whatever. So, so yeah, I'd be sitting there in, up there in the dark for a while by myself. <laughs> we don't have cell service. Yeah, at least so especially can't in spot. So I couldn't, Yeah, I couldn't text anybody or anything. So, so yeah. So, um, sat there for about five minutes and all of a sudden it just turned and started walking right in and i'm like here we go like it's gonna happen Sure enough it it stepped out um at 12 yards and i didn't let it get into the bait because i'm like i'm running out like yeah thank you for a shot Mm -hmm. yeah so um so i drew and as i drew it like kind of stopped and turned and looked at me a little bit and it was quartering to me just just a little bit and we try not to take quartering two shots on a bear. Just, you know, they're, they're, their front shoulders are heavy. They're, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's not an animal that you want to make a bad shot on. You don't want to make a bad shot on any animal. Don't get me wrong. No. But it's, it's just a lower percentage shot on a bear than it is a, a deer.
0: Yeah. They're very like clean, the couple bears in camp. Like they have a lot of meat, like muscle coming down yeah. their neck that protects that yep. chest. So like yeah. I never, I knew you're not like, hey wait quartering away shots you know do that mm-hmm. like and 2 they're really tough and after yeah. skinning them i was like oh, i see why they're saying that yeah. because there's and a lot in there
1: and their legs they carry a lot of their weight down their mm-hmm. legs right so yes. it blocks a lot of that but it was only it was slightly quartering two and it was at 12 yards and i was drawn on it and i was like i had my pin right there so you, had like, like, you had a good I angle like get a good angle coming in top, coming i, in I, down, I yep. did yep and i'm like man i'm gonna i'm gonna let it rip so i put it on <laughs> it and shot and i mean passed right through and it took off and um i you know i use a, a lighted knock which i think is another great thing to do especially while you're filming because you can mm-hmm. replay everything and so yeah so the knock was stuck in the ground and the arrow was to see the knock and it ran off and stopped for a little bit and i can kind of hear it uh off in the distance a little bit and it sounded like it was kind of rolling around in the ground but you know i couldn't tell. And then, um, and then I didn't hear anything, and I waited a few more minutes just to see, and I never did the the death. And, nope. And so I waited, 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 and didn't hear anything. So I left all my stuff up in the tree, and uh, I climbed down, quiet, went out to the road, uh, the trail, and started walking up. And my brother-in-law, who's the one that, who'd been sitting there for, you know, two <laughs> two days in a row, they hadn't seen anything or anything, he decided to move. He came driving up thinking he was just going to pick me up after i was done hunting he was like where's your stuff i'm like it's still in the tree bud (laughs) he's like like, did you shoot one i'm like oh yeah yeah i did (laughs) he's like you gotta be kidding me so yeah so we went back we kind of got all our stuff in order and and gave it a little bit of time just in case and walked down there and um, where i shot it there was a, a pretty Good amount of blood, not a ton, but there was decent blood, and it was it was lung blood, it was you know, bubbles and everything. So, yeah, I yeah knew. they do
0: bleed pretty good with a bow. Like, yeah, once well, it, I shot mine with a gun and it it didn't bleed right away, like, it, yeah. it only died 20 yards from where I shot it. But you could tell where it was kind of spinning and it started mm-hmm. bleeding. But another guy shot him with a bow, and he, I don't, his wasn't quarter, it was like a really, I think it was a quarter
1: away shot. So, he got right yeah. perfect in the goods, mm-hmm. and wow, they have a lot of blood, yeah. like, whoa. See, mine bled like good right there it stopped we ended up walking a little farther. there was i mean the nice thing is there's only like two trails in there that like a bear could fit right it's so thick so we walked down the trail a little farther found a couple big spots of blood so we knew we were on it um and then it didn't bleed for a little while and we found a couple more spots up like another 20 yards and then um, ended up it took you know a while, but then ended up walking up on it about 20 yards farther than that. So, when it, it there was spots where it bled a lot, but then there were spots you know where where it hadn't. Um, but it, it ran, I, I think if, I think I marked it on Onyx, I think it was like 102 yards or something. Oh, geez, so,
0: that's, that's not bad, that's it's, great... not, it's not bad,
1: yeah, yep. And it was, I mean, by the time we got it to it, it hadn't been that long and it was stiff, like it, mm-hmm. it died right away. But what had happened was so because I shot it. It's such a steep angle. You know, I was 18 feet up in the tree and then the bait is down below there. Mm -hmm. It went in high and because it was quarter and two, it went out low guts. So it went through lungs and through the diaphragm and then out the guts Well, the guts had plugged the bottom hole and the top hole was so high that it just didn't bleed a ton Took a while. Um, yeah it was hard yeah. to get out mm-hmm. yep mm-hmm yeah it was in man when i gutted it there was so much blood inside <laughs> that thing <laughs> yeah, yeah they have a lot i was saying, oh I was. Gosh, it those was things nuts. are full of blood yeah, yeah. like i couldn't yep. believe it mm-hmm. so that's
0: sweet so t- t- talk to me about how big this bear was like
1: uh what? not a giant uh, but I mean, good Michigan bear. It dressed it uh, a little over hundred and fifty, so it was about a two hundred nice. pound, two hundred pound live weight bear. So yeah, I the big, pictures
0: it looks sweet. It like, had
1: a, it had a big melon on it. I don't know. Yeah, if the, the head on it was big, so it made for some made for some good pictures. Definitely. Yeah, you, you know uh, a
0: guy that can take some good pictures. I bet. Yeah, too. yeah, we got good angles. <laughs> it's all about the angles. Yeah, it is. But, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I
1: mean, it was. It's a good. It's a good Michigan bear. Not a, not a giant, but um you know, definitely not a not a baby. Either, so. hey, it wasn't a dog size. That's kind of no, always like my not. thing. Like, I
0: don't, you don't, we don't know how to judge bears. Like all the guys in camp, we've never it's shot hard. a bear before really mm-hmm. hard. We're just, our whole thing was like, it's just, we just want to be bigger than a dog. Because we've all yeah. seen the ones that get shot that are like dog size. And, yep. you know, we try to do that. But I mean, at the end of the day, you're taking, you're taking care of the population control and you just a bear is a bear kind yeah. to that extent you know to get the population down but yeah yours was definitely could have done some damage, it general On you, you know like yeah if you had mm-hmm. a 200 pound bear come after oh, you, yeah. i would
1: not be happy at no all, no, you know? no. So.
0: no no well <laughs> no. well congratulations on that that's, yeah. that's awesome
1: thanks man it that's was, a uh, cool story too I, yeah, grind
0: I it out and yeah,
1: i, I love that hunt. i love going up there and doing that that's one of the one of the most fun hunts like i can do because you know, and I've done, I've been with people who have done like guided outfitted bear hunts, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, if that's your thing, that's your thing, but I don't think I'll ever do it because the fun for me is running the baits and, you know, picking the spots and the strategy behind it and the work and, and all of that is the fun part. You know, I, 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 I like shooting bears too. Don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, that's can, rewarding. But,
0: that's a, but, you know, whitetail hunt's rewarding because you like your food plot game. You're you're doing all these things. You're put. You're picking the right tree. You're doing all that work. It just means that that much more yeah. when you can, mm-hmm. like, like for you to go up there and do all. You guys did all that work yourself. Like, you were there for yeah. You got you got to take. You know, you guys were there for two weeks almost or whatever I ended up being. But you had to do. You had to pick. Like you said, like you're dissecting the area, you're making, you know, you're making decisions and it, and it comes together. almost, you almost can't believe it when it happens. Like
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. it's really
0: happening right now. Like you have to almost like shake yourself cause you've been just staying there and sitting for so long. It's like that buck that finally comes out of that draw that you've been sitting over you hear a deer coming, in and the buck's bumping a doe across, or that buck you've been seeing all summer pops on the food plot thirty yards away. You're like, "Oh my gosh, it actually happened!" Like you don't even it's so like that yep. reward you get is so much more fulfilling than yeah, like the guy thing. Nothing against it, like you. No, not at all. Stuff, I've, but I've it's it just not the same. It's just not the same when you sit in a. You know, you, you go somewhere that someone else made the food plot or someone else, you know, has told you, Hey, this is a good spot. So you like go, it's just different. And I think it's just that nature of where you are as a bow hunter or you are as a hunter in general, like, and like, I suck at fishing. Like I'm not a fisherman by any means. Mm -hmm. Like I have buddies that are so like, I know the first few times I go fishing with a river, it's going to be all at the mercy of them. Like, I'm going to do whatever they tell me to do. I'm going to just learn as much as I can. I might have to do that for a few years. And, you know, maybe I will catch, like, some sweet fish for those first few years, but I'm not even going to really be able to grasp the concept of what I've done because I was so new to it. Yeah. Now, fast forward 10 years down the road, you learn more, you do more, that just means a little more, you know, when yep. you get to put forth all that effort. And I think that's just how a lot of guys are wired that like
1: to do these kind of things and are tore up by it. So Yeah, and I, and yeah. I don't, you know, a lot of people don't have the the, the ability to take the time, right? Correct. Like, yeah, you know, two weeks is a lot of, a lot of time away from... Home work, whatever it is, you know, a lot of people don't have that ability. So, yeah, if it, you know, if if you draw a tag and you want a decent shot at getting a bear, like going with a guide is is perfectly fine. Yeah, like there's I, no shame I'm in that not, either. No shame in it, none whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But like for me, the the fun of it is is the work, you know, and mm-hmm. that's and that's like you said, it's just like whitetails hunting white tails, like i love the work of doing the food plots and the all the you know property work we do up north and all that stuff like that that's a lot of fun for me
0: it was really cool shooting this doe like on a food plot that me and henry and ashley went out and did you know oh, like yeah. oh, the first yeah. time that we actually like legitly like rotor tilled and like did all that stuff is like that was cool like it worked out like and that and henry went out there you know and he helped me get the deer and you know did all that he's like man this is really cool right here by the food plot dad like you know that's just cool memories and you know it means it means like for you know each person's got to figure out what they like to live their life for to an extent you know and it's like though, that's a memory that i will cherish for a long time and you know there's a good chance that in the next few years like you know he's gonna probably shoot a deer off of a food plot he helped do you know yep. at a young age like I just started doing food plots in my, you know, I'm 33 years old. First time I've really had the good opportunity to do that. And like, I've been able to pass this. I've been past my, my grandpa and my, you know, dad and uncles and all these guys have given me so much help throughout the years. And like the food plot thing was never really an option because everywhere we hunted, that was farmland. So like farming for cows and dairy and all that was priority. Now at this point in life, we're finally able to transition out of that just a little bit. So now it's like this next generation is going to come up and like, you know do a lot for the wildlife and do that and it's it's it, i love it like dude it's mm-hmm. it's a whole other thing but you said like the time is like not everyone has time like i've got a lot of time invested into these little food pots i've done and it's really hard to get that so i mean I'm, i feel blessed to have that opportunity so oh, yeah. and maybe i've structured my life in a way that gives me more time you know yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> you know there is a little something to be said about that yes, too there is. there's sacrifice and everything you do but that's good stuff so you videoed this hunt Yep. So when and when and where can someone when is this going to be able to be seen to the public, you think?
1: So this this hunt in particular, the one I was just on, will be on our season next year. So our show usually starts airing in July. So it'll be on um, where as of right now, we're on WLLA and Channel 19 in the Grand Rapids area at 430 on Saturday. Uh, Northern Michigan Fox, I think it's Fox 32 is Sunday mornings at six thirty. That's where a lot of people uh watch it. And then um on the pursuit channel, uh that'll start around the same time. And I don't know what our time slot's gonna be for that. The this year's season yeah for next year. This year's season is um starting in October on the Pursuit Channel and the the shows uh, so be from 2022 hunts that show this year they're airing now on those local channels so local channels because yeah,
0: you started like yep. what was it the first week of september at start or that tenth no, or something or when did that was, or what
1: would you guys start for that that was in july they started on tv and youtube so YouTube, uh, that's uh, september right. so it's in september we start putting the the hunts on youtube after they uh have air on tv yeah that's what it was yeah yeah and we and we have a lot of people that watch your stuff on youtube too now that's, do
0: you have like a what the hunt hard segment what is that the youtube that, base so too.
1: that we uh hunt hard is actually the name of the show like vital shot productions is the, the gotcha. company in the production company and then um yeah and the people are team vital shot we have like 20 ish people that film and everything for us and then the ex- yeah. the show is hunt hard
0: I cannot 20 people worth of footage get to go through
1: like geez. Dude, it gets (laughs) it's a lot. There's there's four of us that do, you know, ninety nine percent of the editing. And yeah, it's it's a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of work. Um but it's it's fun, man. I I really like doing it and I've learned a ton about editing. My brother Well obviously
0: you guys like it because you've been doing this for a long time. Like if you didn't like it, you wouldn't still be doing it. Yeah. And like you guys are getting better every year too. Like, I feel like so the stuff I've seen, you know, I haven't watched everything you've done, but I've seen quite a
1: bit of it. And I like seeing like it's good stuff. Like, I like it. Yeah. It's, it's, and and we've talked about it before. It's, it's, it's like real people hunting stuff, right? Mm -hmm. We're not, you know, we're not going to, you know, big outfits in Illinois and shooting 190-inch deer. Like, that's not what the show is. It's, it's, it's us hunting mostly in Michigan, mostly small chunks of, of, of property. Um, it's us taking our kids out, you know, we got some, mm-hmm. a ton of, of youth hunts, but we put some youth hunts out there and, and, and we'll do some out of state stuff too. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll usually do an episode or two out of our Indiana trip every year. Um, we've got a guy that goes to, uh, Montana and Alaska. And then usually somebody has got like a Kentucky or Ohio one in there or something mm-hmm. like that. So we've got some out of state stuff too, but the the bulk of what we do is bow hunting in Michigan.
0: Yeah, it's very relatable. Like that's mm-hmm. why I think it's probably it's popular because of that. Like you're not, it's a very what you know the su- success you guys have on that farm that you guys have up north. You know that food plots you guys do doing those things and like you can see how it works for you guys. That's attainable for a lot of people. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. going to having a you know big place in Iowa is not very attainable for a lot of you know, the majority of the hunting population, you know, being, uh, you know, Pennsylvania, Michigan, we have the most hunters, Wisconsin, you know, we don't, we don't have that kind of a property all over the state, you know, like yep. we, most of us don't have the opportunity to do that. So watching a show that you feel like you're the guy, you could either be the guy that's doing that is, is fun, you know, to an extent, don't get me wrong. I love watching Marjorie a 200. It's awesome. Sure. You know, and man. see, Who yeah, exactly. Go. Like that's really cool. But also like there's an asterisk there saying like you know not saying he doesn't work his butt off and work really hard for doing that but like that's not an attainable thing for me in my life the way my yeah. life's structured mm-hmm. right now so yep. i love watching the videos that's like real dudes out there doing it like, like i can relate to you and yeah that's what vital shot is it's mm-hmm. it's it's really cool
1: yeah so we try to keep it that way um you know that's what it's it's kind of we got a little overproduced for a couple of years and we got some backlash on it. People were like, you know, this is too much <laughs> talking. Just get, get back to hunting. So I was like, all yeah, right, let's watch so, some stuff die. Yeah. Yeah. that's <laughs> it. So, yep. And you know, we usually have a couple public land kills on there uh, in, in the seasons too. We have a lot of guys that um, hunt some public land and um, yeah, I've I've hunted public land quite a bit recently uh, close to my house, but I, I haven't killed a, a buck out there yet, but we've, we've been on some decent ones, man. That's, that's the thing, you know, people that, and we talked about it a little bit before too, uh, last time, but, um, there are good bucks in Michigan on public land. You just have to be smart about it and you have to do the work. And I think the biggest thing is just going where the people, where most people aren't willing to go. You gotta, you you gotta go places that you can't just walk. You've got to get creative, Getting into places uh, that other people aren't going to go, and there will be big bucks there.
0: Yep, there. Yeah, that's, and you got to go where like that whole thing where people don't go. That can be something close to a road, or oh, yeah. or a property boundary, or like a weird thing. Because I'm kind of like targeting those kind of like odd places right now. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like those pockets are small. Like, I mean, one of my spots, I I'm really intrigued to see what the camera is going to be. I had a camera there like all year last year and I've talked about this before on the podcast, but I just went in there and (laughs) it's kind of funny. There's tree stands all around, like people hunt all around the spot, just for some reason, this, where this spot is made sense to me when I scouted it. And I think it's just overlooked. Like no one's really, they don't think the deer are going to be here because I think if you look on a map there's a couple spots that look really good like yeah. like that like that's the pinch point so then everyone's hunting off that one pinch point so like i look for the very subtle things like like i talked about like i look for licking branches yeah not the big scrapes on the ground you know like it's mm-hmm. not obvious you like really look at it and the yep. same thing with like the beds or like you know the you know the spots is intriguing to me because i found just giant rubs on a field edge like i mean it was probably 80 yards and off a field edge and i was like whoa what is this and then of course there's tree stands all around that you can see where people are hunting close proximity mm-hmm. to those giant rubs but then i'm like okay let's break this down a little more and yeah finding the subtle things really can pay off for you and sometimes like for me i'm blessed with having places to hunt so like i can just set a camera there all year and see if i'm right and sometimes yeah. i'm wrong and sometimes i'm right Yep. so like that's like yeah like you said like find a spot that it sucks to get to either because it's a long walk or you have to get through some crazy mucky water or something just maybe get creative i mean there's i've heard guys talk about inflatable like canoes or like little like sure. like packable canoes like fold together and like oh, yeah. guy mm-hmm. talks about doing you know weird stuff like that and you can have really good hunts i think yeah. doing that yeah
1: mm-hmm. So, yep
0: but uh where so like i do want to touch base a little bit because like this indiana thing's kind of cool yeah. and you talk about how that's like more of your run like is that something you've done for like quite a few years like you spend like you don't really run in michigan at all do you
1: no i haven't for a while so um that so that property it's actually it's my aunt uh, who was married to my dad's brother. My dad's brother died, but he was one of like my biggest bow hunting mentors. Like When we mm-hmm. started bow hunting, um, he was already kind of into killing big bucks with a bow. So he was kind of my mentor with that, and uh, he married her. Uh, they ended up moving up to her family farm, um, and he uh, ended up uh, retiring up there. And so when he retired and moved up there, that was when I started going because he didn't, you know, he didn't work anymore. He lived there. So that's when I would go down there for uh, my rut hunts. And that was probably, gosh, 10 years ago or so. So, yeah. So you've
0: been spoiled for 10 years. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I know. And, and you know, I don't know know how long we're going to have that property. I mean, hopefully for a long time, but you never know. So Mm -hmm. it's one of those things where I try to take uh, advantage of it. Not advantage of it, but I, I try to spend the time there.
0: Correct. Know, that's so. That's anyway. kind of like how I do. Like November fifteenth, I always go up north. It's like, yeah, is there better opportunities at bigger bucks? Maybe somewhere else. Like, I have a better chance of shooting a, a bigger buck with my gun if I hunted elsewhere November fifteenth. Most likely, but guess what? I'm going there every November fifteenth because yeah. that's the family place. Like, you see the family. You do that. That's that's like the tradition that I have. That's like my deer camp. Like hanging out with my family and doing that. And it is oh gosh it's so much fun like i love yeah. my grandpa and grandma and seeing them my you know my siblings or uncle that's there that kind of stuff it's totally worth it you just happen to have that in a spot that there's giant the, bucks, there's so. big bucks yeah and it's <laughs> it you know it's
1: it, it's the same group of guys we've been going down there for for a while now and yeah it's like we all people go there sporadically through october and some you know some of the couple guys will loader hunt but usually mm-hmm usually somewhere in those first couple weeks of november we're all we're all there and together and hanging out and yeah it's uh it's a ton of fun man i look forward to that every year
0: so how do you pick your like if you had any words of advice do you how far ahead do you have to schedule that rut hunt like are you is it like set in stone months ahead of time or can you be
1: flexible with that um i can usually be a little flexible It um I, it, it'll be different this year. This year it'll be pretty. Because of the bear hunt and stuff. Because yeah. Of, because of the bear hunt. Um Usually I'll take uh, I'll save enough time where I can take like two and a half, three weeks in November off, um, which is pretty sweet. Most nice. people don't have that ability, but <laughs> yeah. But uh, but
0: that's a good yeah. sample size. So, yeah. so. what ti- what
1: do you, what
0: what are like if you're able to spend that much time on a tree in November, and like a good spot where there's you know mature bucks running around. Mm-hmm. does weather make a really big impact Do you feel like is it still
1: time of year is the most important thing man it's i go back and forth honestly because there's been and I, I don't spend the full three weeks down there that's like i you know i'll spend nobody like you're bouncing around more, but, yeah yeah mm-hmm. but you know i'll try to get down there for at least a week usually hopefully 10 days won't be that this year but um but i, I will base it on weather if I can, like if I can flex it, you know, a, a couple of days forward, a couple of days backward based on weather. Um, I'll do that because I, I think weather is important, but at the same time I've had hunts down there where it's been 80 degrees for three days. And and if it's that right time of year, we see bucks chasing. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's it. So I think, I think the time of the year is like the most important thing. I think bucks will be on their feet in November. Like it's just going to happen. But if you can get a good cold front or some good weather, it's going to make it that much better. Yes, I
0: agree. That's kind of like how, so I like, I asked that question selfishly because of our lease in Illinois, Mm -hmm. you know, and I have flexibility to like the first time I actually have flexibility on an out-of-state hunt that's in an area that's good, you know, So I think that's what I'm going to kind of do target right time of year with a good weather front or something. And just kind of capitalize on that because if I can do it in the three or four day window opposed, like, I hate saying wasting, but there's sometimes when you're sitting there on a five or six day hunt, you're just like, yeah, today's not, I wouldn't hunt today if I was at home because I would get all my other stuff done, you know, so maybe kind of take that approach down there. I think Mm -hmm. it'd be a good time. So, yeah. Yeah, well, let's, I think we're going to kind of wrap this up because it's getting late already. But uh, I do encourage anyone who's listening to this to give Vital Shot an opportunity and, you know, sit down and watch some of their stuff, support these guys. Because, I mean, you guys are Michigan, you're local, real world. I mean, you're you're a guy that works full-time job and does the CPR stuff on the side. And then, I mean, I don't know how much of it on the side it is. It sounds pretty busy to me. And then you're doing all Mm this. Yeah, stay busy and doing this, and you guys love it. And, I mean, if I, you know. If I can support that and have other people look out to this, why not? Right? Go yeah, give it, yeah, give it some love.
1: Mm-hmm, yep. Yeah, check it out and yeah, we, we'll, we're gonna keep putting stuff up. We've already got, like I said, we've got uh, a couple youth hunts already this year. We've got a couple bears. We've got two bears on camera killed already this year. Nice. So, yeah, we'll have some good stuff. Starting
0: out good. Yeah. yeah. Starting out good. Well, yeah, man, I appreciate doing this again. Sorry, we had to do it twice. No worries, uh, you know what happens. I'll
1: I'll do it again. It's (laughs) good. It's a good time.
0: And I would like to extend the invite out. Maybe even, you know, after the first week of the season, even if you don't shoot anything, maybe kind of get on here and talk about your hunts, and like, you know, maybe get into a little detail about, you know, what what you were thinking when you did it, and if it ended up working out. Because that's what I kind of want to do during hunting season is have a few guys on, talk about a little more up, like update like okay i hunted this week this is what i saw you know maybe do a quick little snippet i think you'd be a great guy to do that with because you've been doing it for a long time and yeah and i would love to just kind of update throughout the year for people so yeah definitely i'd love to do that that'd be fun yeah and then hopefully uh hopefully we can do it late at night and not get in trouble because that's my wife she's like you just did all this and you're gonna do that again yeah (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs)
1: and that's yeah that's that's Talked about the editing stuff, but that's a lot of what I do when I do that. Is mm-hmm. kid bed wife goes to bed, and it's like, Well, I gotta, you know, it's 10 o'clock, I got a three hours worth of editing I can get in at yep. night. Like, it, yeah, that's that's when it yeah, happens. I'm pretty
0: sure I got some work stuff to do after this, so I'm gonna yeah. go through and bust mm-hmm. out that, you know, doing that. So, but no, yep. I appreciate it, man, and uh, thank you for your time, and dude, congrats on that bear. I mean, yeah, thank you. even the angles might have helped, but it looked fantastic like that it, bear is like you said sweet. it's it's a it's, like it was, the head it was a good size bear. yeah, yeah and, like and that's I
1: what i'm saying like i don't it's big melon on them. yeah I don't, so pretty eh? that's yeah. sweet well got me fired up
0: man i mean we've got yeah. a doe down for me and a bear for you and yeah we're gonna be hunting in two weeks pretty oh much, I, know. So. I
1: know like yes mm-hmm.
0: and we got yep. i mean my, my trail cameras have been hit or miss but the couple bucks i have got on camera i'm like yes Mm-hmm. and looking good so yeah i'm really looking for the next 10 days and seeing what shows up so
1: yep yeah should be good man it's 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 almost here it's that time of year yes cool. sir yeah. rock
0: on hey have a good one you guys give right, a, shot, you, of, man. a shot opportunity and look them up on uh socials and all that stuff